we're going to Aunt Patty's for New Year's. You know what, Jace? This year has been real rough. Oh, I know, bro. 2018's been a rough year, bro. Yeah, but 2019, it's New Year, new me. Everything is gonna change. Happy New Year, bro. Something's wrong. What do you mean? I just feel exactly the same. Don't you understand? It's just a calendar. It's just numbers. Numbers on a piece of paper. Nothing changes. I said I was gonna stop drinking. But I'm drunk right now. I don't know, ma'am. I just feel like 2018 is still here. I'm back! Billy? Billy. Put that calendar down and... How about you come outside and play with your friends? I'm not Billy! Welcome back to The Interval, the podcast with big talks and comedy shorts. I'm Andy. And I'm Jack. And we are going to hit the ground running in 2019. We have been gone for a very long time. Extremely long Apologies, time. Apologies, but we, we've had things to do. <laughs> like? Things that we don't talk about on the podcast, Andy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, all sorts of stuff we've been doing. No, we've spent some time with the family, gone back home. Yep. Seeing the folks. Obviously, we wish Seven. you all a happy 2019. Yeah. We hope you all had a very nice Christmas yeah. as well. I, I had a very nice Christmas. You did. I'm glad to be back. Happy to be doing this again. It's, it's, it's very strange being back. Yeah, it's amazing how like you can get into a flow of doing something and then suddenly yeah. it's just like, like I, I only, It was weird because I only went home for seven days in mm. total. But it's the longest I've been back home for, that, for ages. Yeah. And it just felt so strange. Yeah. Like, just having nothing to do mm. and just spending genuinely quality time with the family. Yeah, oh, I had a great, I had a great time. so nice. Great, great time. Uh, you know, just for me, it's just like, you know, eating, drinking, playing, playing PlayStation. What more could you want? It's great. <laughs> it's, uh, it's what I do now. Yeah, really. I was say, that's what I do now. <laughs> so I just work in between those bits now. Yeah, just, yeah. Just little <laughs> gaps here and there. But no, yeah, good, good. Wonderful. Yeah, it, was, it was nice. But yeah, I'm happy to just get right back in. Get right back into it. Get right back into it. Bigger, better, stronger, harder, faster. Daft Punk. Good, good tune, that. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the app. Do you ever have the app on the iPhone? Oh, well, no, well, then like, it was an iPod like touch. Do it. <laughs> Make it. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it. Harder, 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 harder. Do it. Make it. 
do it. We need we need a soundboard for this podcast. Let me just press it. Don't give me a soundboard. Ooh, that's dangerous. I just I just abuse that. <laughs> yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Make it, make it, make it. It'd be great. It'd be so much fun. <clears throat> It'd add a whole new level. Just like a outrageous stop podcast. button. Yeah, a stop button. Do you remember? Just cuts do you remember, it off. Do you remember, do you remember in a? I think it was in a. We were in um, Wilco's. Mm. And obviously it was like a really cheap Halloween kind of thing, like oh, yeah. which made uh, sound effects, but it run oh, out yeah. of batteries, <laughs> so it just sounded satanic. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> it was like at a picture of like a wolf. It was like. <laughs> no, I tell you what. <laughs> <Are you? laughs> it also made a sound quite like that. I I used to own a um, you know boppet. Back in the day, Bop it, yeah, but yeah. I love Bop it. It was great, but I used to, ha- I used to have it under my bed, which was like storage for board games. Oh and no! And the batteries had just completely gone, so it sounded absolutely horrific. And every now and then, in the night, you'd turn over, <laughs> and something in the bed it would catch it, and it'd be like, because <laughs> you know when you miss it, it's just like whoa, <laughs> because the batteries are gone. It was just sounded like I was being haunted from beneath. <laughs> It wasn't pleasant. I was woke up many a night to the sound of that. How old were you? Oh, I, I, was, I wasn't that young, but it was still haunting. It's traumatised It is, it's you. awful. It's like when a poster falls down in the night. Oh, you you not don't nice. know if they like it. That's awful, mate. Yeah. I, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it, I got through it. The curse of Boppet. Yeah, I think that's caused a lot of The story trauma. would be like a spirit-possessed Boppet, and yeah. he was trying to contact you via Boppet. <laughs> flick it, flick it, flick it. <laughs> 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 deary deary me I'll oh, bring Boppet back oh, yeah I, Boppet I love Boppet yeah it was great I swear it got more into extreme though it started with like four things and now it's like Boppet Extreme no, V5 it's like a Swiss army knife <laughs> kill it <laughs> oh dear me it was back it didn't take long right Big talk, the big one, with me and Jack, the large one, brought to you live. The big one, the big one. <laughs> talk of the big one, Toy Story, great yeah, film, incredible film. <laughs> right, well, that, that's written off. Yeah. We tick that box now. <laughs> uh, Toy Story covered. Yeah. Um, obviously, this chat um, could go on for hours, which uh, it has already. We've already recorded uh, us talking for an hour, Far and we went off on way too many tangents. Um, we basically fangirled about every film, every ever, film. Mel- ever, ever made, ever made, ever made. But yeah, so what we're gonna what we're gonna try and do is um is try and condense it into yeah. we're gonna try we're gonna, we're gonna try and do it yeah um so Jack yeah big big first question right go on hit huge me. question hit hit me with the answer I want to know we'll see what makes a good film big question are you ready it for the big, big answer it is a big talk yeah well big answer um, <laughs> <laughs> um for me for me personally um well I did ask you yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna vary. <laughs> it's gonna vary for the people, but um, I think um, a good film or any good piece of writing um, is something that makes you you come out of it feeling changed. You, you you think differently when you come out of it. Like you you have a different outlook. Does the outlook the world? Does the outlook have to be positive? I don't necessarily think so. Or can you have a different outlook in a sense that it's raised awareness to something that 
you didn't yeah, know about before, it and now it's 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 kind of yeah. But I don't, I don't think it needs to be necessarily like that. Makes it sound like it needs to be political, like raise awareness of, of things. I don't think it necessarily right. needs to do that. I think no. if I go into if I go into the cinema and I, I sit and watch a film and I come and I think, wow, like stirring film. Yeah, like I, I've I've made been made to think about something that necessarily wouldn't have thought about if I hadn't have gone, yeah. gone to see that film. That's the magic, isn't that, it? That to me is that makes a good film mm. and i think there is there is a time and a place for films that are, you can just passively sit and watch like yeah. you, you get like your your, your, your comedies Film and, and films i love you can... I, I love comedies like, i i think comedies are great and like time and a place but there's certain comedies that are just so easy you can just sit in a vegetative state stick it on you can kind of browse your phone a little bit while it's on because it's a comedy you know what's going down mm. but it's those films that make me want to turn my laptop off let my phone just go to silent and just engage me and make me want to pick apart a story piece by piece and just really get to know it yeah like that, that, that to me marks the, the what a, that marks a great film. I, I'd, I'd agree with that and also i'd say if you can do that but also entertain because well because yeah. obviously you can watch a documentary and not be necessarily entertained but can be stirred or moved yeah so but then that would make a great documentary yeah, in, well, in that, yeah, eyes. that's why I think if you have like documentaries that kind of also have like real life enactments and stuff like that, mm. you can kind of it gives a new layer to it as opposed to just like having old footage and kind of someone narrating over it, like whatever. Crime Watch. But um, <laughs> but um, see that lifelong goal is being one of the re- recreations. Yeah, <laughs> Crime Watch. Um, but you know, I, I'd I'd agree with that. I'd yeah. agree with that. Um, but I I feel like. I love a good story, as in like a, a real story, yeah. and not necessarily something that's like taken from real life, but like you, things, the the themes that are, are, are you can like take from it, um, not necessarily are forced. It's they are so, so something you can like relate to. Something in, you can relate in, to, in but it's around a strong storyline with base things yeah. like relationships to your your parents, or or you know, relationships to other human beings, relationships to work, relationships mm. to to like you know career goals and like sadness and all these things and then around that you create a stirring story mm. and then within those themes you then can touch on certain things that might hit a wider audience so you can touch on like yeah. themes of like i don't know addiction or or like abuse the grittier, or, the or you know you know prejudice and stuff like that but it's disguising and, but, it well but in, also in, in but a, also like some it. films are about highlighting you know certain themes which also they are films that have to be made yeah of course yeah, I, just, I, 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 just, I worry at the minute, especially with a lot of new writers. <laughs> you just look to me like you just. Sleep. What are you gonna say? <laughs> no, my my worry at the minute for like new writers and, and and new and new work is that we're getting bogged down with the idea that everything has to be political and yeah. everything has to make a statement and mm. everyone coming to watch it has to pick a it's, side. It's it's like. I think it's pull factor as well. If if you're writing a new bit of writing and mm. you say, um, okay, I'm I've written a play about um, a family drama mm. uh, in which you know there's a bit of tension between the mum and the dad, and, yeah. and you know the oldest son is battling with addiction, and the other daughter is I don't know wanting to run away from home and stuff yeah. like that. Like that's a, that's a story that you know, or like family issues or family drama is something that's always been written about. Yeah. So if you saw, so say, okay, we're in Edinburgh Fringe. Right. We've got a pitch. You've got to pitch a play. How are you going to get attention? Either you say, right, I've got a play about a family drama. Yeah. Or you say, I've got a hard-hitting piece about death yeah. and about 
and about this, that, and the other. And it's, you know, that's great because it, it's highlighting something that needs to be talked about. But I think, especially as like, a new writer, you have to do something yeah, that's a bit yeah, out yeah. there and a bit I, edgy. I, I think it is, Otherwise, it, how, the, how the hell do you compete? No, I think, I, think, I think it's about, it's picking topics that are topical now. Like, yeah, like, like talk about, for, for instance, um, the um, refugee crisis, yeah. for instance. I think that as a topic would make for an incredible piece of theatre. Yeah. But then there's the there's the danger of making it so political and It's not really a play. Yeah, that you're like you're you're taking fire at the people that you assume are the the problems in the situation and trying to make the audience swing either left or right. Yeah. Rather than just telling the story for what it is and make and let I think that's what it is, letting the audience make their own decision about it. Yeah. You present them but with it, this if, this story and then they take away from it whatever they want to take away from. It's if, not I think pressing if, your ideas onto someone. Yeah, I mean the thing is if something is politically charged and you're trying to get a uh, a political opinion across, that's important within yeah. theatre. But I think it it should be it, I don't know. It depends on the theatre type. I if we're going by base, like, kind of plays you want to watch, because the thing is with theatre, you or even film now, it, you can you can say, oh, it's experimental theatre, it's verbatim, it's, like, physical. There's no right or wrong. If I'm talking about, like, a play that has a story and a narrative, mm. if you can make a play or a film that has a story and a narrative and also hits at political uh, opinions mm. acro- across the board... Mm. Um, where you can, you know, relate to the characters and relate to the stories, but also come out thinking, oh yeah, that character and that kind of that character's journey really links to what's happening now, or that, oh yeah, that reminds me of what's being said in government at the moment. Or instead of outright just having one character who's yeah, like the voice like, of the writer, it's good to have plays it's with like, different. It's like where do you draw the line sides. between storytelling and political propaganda? Mm. Like I think that that's where the line, that's where you need to decide where the line is, because yeah, you can you can tell these stories. And, and like I said, I think a, a story works so much better if you allow an audience to witness what you've you've got and what you've you've put on stage or film or whatever it happens to be, and then you allow them to go away and form their own own opinion about it, rather than forcing your opinion down their throat through the medium of theatre or film or whatever it is you're doing. Theatre and, and film shouldn't necessarily be a way of presenting an idea politically also the problem the problem i find is is that you know with theater like you're you're always i don't know it's like who are you if a play i can't i can't word that go for it work through it i just feel like obviously we're talking a lot about political plays yeah but the thing is that you know if you are doing a political play about a very specific topic mm. The people who want to go watch it be people interested in that topic, and would probably side with the writer's opinion. Anyway, so the people you're well, yeah, the, the audience you're you're trying to get to already are on side, so it's not really a, a change in society, or whatever. But as opposed to like a film or something, when you get a big big film that explores a theme, that in like in the terms of like the whole country or like a whole world or a whole like mm. Hollywood and stuff, that's where the messages are. Obviously, theatre can get messages across all over the world but on a massive global scale like a film that really changes the outlook on things or like really goes against conventions they're the films that are coming out at the moment that will be big and uh, uh, this is not to say that theatre can't do that Mm. but you know 
when when will so a modern play work. when will a modern play be written that will change everything like there there will be films but not enough people get to see it exactly exactly and the people who do see like the kind of more edgy kind of theater will be at smaller theaters they'll already be theater goers already be theater goers so you're not going to get you know the the diversity within the audience may not the people be that great. you're trying to change are not going to come pe- see the, the people play. potentially not going to be at the theater yeah I mean, again, like I obviously that's, that's not to say that everyone who goes to theatre has the has the same kind of opinions or whatever, but like, especially with new kind of writing that hits hard hitting topics. Yeah. Um, but you know, most writers do they incorporate they incorporate um, really good like stories, thrilling stories that also have like. But it's not. It's not just about. It's not just about politics. Well, I mean, I'm, not, si- not, I'm sick of. I mean, politics. I, I, I use politics in a very in a broad way. I, it, I don't necessarily mean just politics, but things like um, I don't know, mental health or, or, or I think just family relations or human relations just just the basic human traits, basic human things. Yeah. That you see in films no, like like, for, like sorry, you go. I was gonna say, uh, Forrest Gump. Okay, yeah. It it follows somebody with a learning disability. Yeah. Who struggles with uh, family relations, yeah. um, romantic relations, friendship, and it it does it. I, I do, it does it in a way that is it's disguised by it being such an incredibly beautiful story. Yeah, and a, that, and ma- like Hollywood shot and like yeah, so it, vast. Yeah, and it's played brilliantly. Like I think Tom Hanks is incredible. Yeah, um, but yeah, you, you have these really poignant poignant um topics within this film that are, are disguised and uh, encompassed with this beautiful story and it makes a really nice package and it, it doesn't remind you every 20 minutes that this is about someone with learning disabilities or yeah. this is someone struggling with relationships yeah it, it just happens and you you basic human just human like human, like, human traits yeah. human traits like uh, it's it's always the subtleties yeah the subtleties in play, and I think it's it's easier to get a subtlety in a film because you can have a close up on like one Look gesture cool, or one yeah. action, as opposed to in theatre, the gesture has to be huge to, to for it to be seen, and that's why a lot of the time the gestures are in the writing as opposed to a, a, a visual thing, like a visual key. So like, yeah. you know, you can tell by one gesture if someone wants to help someone when you think when you thought they wouldn't have been able to help them or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just key human stuff. Well, so you, we, we, you talk about uh, the key human stuff. Um, and I, I think that's a reason that Shakespeare will always be relevant in, yeah. in today. Yeah, that's, that's raw stuff. I, I, I know basic human traits. I know obviously like it, the language is so hard to grasp, especially if you, if you don't like, read it a lot. I it, you know I struggle so hard to understand it. Like I, I normally I've, I've have. I've been a, to many Shakespeare plays. I have a companion on the side yeah. normally to try. Well, and if I'm going to see re- a new Shakespeare play, I will have to either read a synopsis just so I know the basic what, yeah. outline of the story because I'm. It takes me a while to pick up Shakespearean language, like it always has, and that's just yeah. the way my mind works. Um, so if I'm seeing something that I I don't really know, I do find it hard. Which is why for some people it's it's not very accessible which is a shame because it is at its core principle about basic human traits yeah and it's it's because the thing is as well is that people study shakespeare in school Mm. uh and to be honest like a lot of the stuff you study in school you might love the book or love the play but by the time you finish that you're studying you fucking hate it but to to be honest when i studied shakespeare in in 
GCSE English. It was it was studying the text, and we, we watched not... a video earlier on yeah. that said that that's not how Shakespeare should be experienced, and I one hundred percent agree because experience it... in Shakespeare is on stage watching performers perform the words. Well, it's written in the words. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you, I mean, at the start of Henry V, he literally says like, I mean, again, I can't, I can't do it word for word. Word for word. <laughs> you but don't you know, know it word it, for word, Hans. but no, you but, call yourself I, an actor. I know. <laughs> Disgusting, <laughs> disgraceful, <laughs> rubbish. Um, but it basically says, like, you know, if I hold a spear up, if I hold, if I hold this plank of wood, yeah, this is a spear. Yeah, use your yeah. imagination. Look at this great wooden O, the, the globe. We are not in England anymore. We are in France. The, the suspension of disbelief. Is that yeah, 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 yeah? And like, that's amazing. And like, that's you know, I know there's so many different types of theatre. It's breaking the fourth wall, which that, is amazing. And, you know, I feel like with a lot of plays, we're kind of getting so... I feel like a lot of the time we get so caught up in trying, like you said, trying to get a poignant message across or try and make something so stirring and emotional that, it, you know, pe- you know, if you were the writer, people after mm. shake and be like, you know what, mate? That changed my life. Yeah. What you wrote there was amazing. It was brilliant. But... I think we, we often forget I, about the core human... It, the core stuff in it, like... Human the the idea of storytelling and the idea of it not being real, but it, 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 you're telling a story within the but medium of theatre. Like, I think that, that's the thing. You go to the theatre because you want to believe I mean, in what you're seeing. I mean, obviously, film is different with that yeah. because you are looking through the eyes... You're try- the thing is, with the, film, you can create a, a, a real world. more believable world. Yeah, because of CGI stage. and, like, yeah. different camera angles That's and, like... another problem it entirely, just... CGI. Like, I, yeah. Well, this... Yeah, because we were talking about this before, mm. is that some of the old classic horror films... We talked about The Shining. Yeah. The Shining's a brilliant film. Incredible. Because it has that suspense as those camera shots... Practical which, effects. Pra- like, practical Hardly effects. any CGI at all, if any. And it's so scary. Yeah. And it, because and it leaves it up to you to decide for yourself what, the, what, what you the, want to uh, be scared about. What earth is going on. Whereas these modern horror films, they show you what you're supposed to be scared of, and in turn, that makes you not scared of it. It's... With a lot of modern horror films, the first 40 minutes are the best, mm-hmm. normally, because you build up a scenario. Normally, it's like some... You know, there's moving into a new house or whatever. Yeah. But then, like, the scary bits are you hear the noises and obviously have a great soundtrack, but you don't see this demon or the spirit or the yeah, monster. Yeah. You just you just see a cloak or you see, like, a head turn or you see, like, a, a, door, uh, a door opening yeah, yeah. and you just see someone's eyes peering. And that's scary because your human brain is the best and worst thing, right? You could literally... Well, you could imagine the most horrific well, monster, like, and like, that's when, your character. When you look at the clouds, and you can make pictures of the clouds, or if you, if you, when people see Jesus in bits of toast, yeah. our brain likes to see things that aren't there. It's a natural human reaction. Yeah. So when it comes to horror films, using that to an advantage is how to make a horror film scary. If you let the audience just for themselves decide in their own head what they want to be scared about, you don't have to show anything. Because that's one of the differences between. Woman in Black in theatre and Woman in Black in the uh, on, in cinema in the cinema. In the film, yeah, I think they're like I think theatre is, is fantastic. I've, I've seen it three times. I've seen it three, two or twice in school, twice in school, because we had to write an essay on it, yeah. and rightly so because it was just it's one of one of a kind. Um, but the scary thing about that is it builds up so much tension, and you don't see the woman's face. You just see this cloaked woman. It's the fear of the unknown. And and being in that theatre, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's one thing I was going to say, actually. 
horror within a theatre is rare. It's very difficult. Like, because, you know, horror films are released outside of Halloween. They don't have to be released in Halloween. And obviously, with a standard kind of story, you can do any play about that any time you want. But for some reason, like, plays about horror and, like, kind of linking back... Because that's a different experience. Imagine going to a theatre. The only thing I've ever been to in a theatre which has been advertised as scary is Woman in Black. That's one... That's what I really want to see because I've I've never seen anything on stage that is supposed to be scary. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And And I'd love to see how they do it. The difference in the film is that the film's great because obviously you really get an idea of like Il Marsh House. uh, So that's the main mansion in it. But again, it creates creates its own world for the film. But you you then then see the woman's face Mm. and it's a CGI thing and you're thinking... Well, that's not scary that's anymore. Cool. I just yeah. know it's a CGI fake face. Yeah, that's what makes the stage version even more scary. Obviously, because it's real people on the stage. But you're living, you're left your imagination. Yeah, you're left your imagination. Yeah. Um, and of course, there are loads of different types of theatre, which you are left to your imagination. We, you know, we don't necessarily have to have a, a piece of theatre that you know has a realistic set. No. You can have experiment, experimental well, types like, of well, theatre. Like and, I said at the start, if you go away and you're left to your own devices to decide what you want about a piece, then surely. That, that makes it good. It, it shouldn't have to be force-fed to you. You shouldn't have to be led mm-hmm. by the hand through the whole thing in order for it to be good. Like, people who go to watch things, they're, they're smart people. Every, everyone's smart enough to, to make their own decision about something. Yeah. They shouldn't have to be forced to understand a plot, whereas more poignant films and the ones that I particularly enjoy, the ones where I have to work to understand a plot point and want to understand as well. Like, it's, it's not so difficult where I'm like, oh, forget this, I, I give up. It's ones where I'm like, I, I love this story so much mm. that I want to understand every detail about this film. Which is why, I, when I was younger, I loved Inception because the 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 the, um, the idea of like the dreams and and that, that that really fascinated me as a kid. Yeah. Um, and still years down the line now, I still I still love that the idea of that yeah. film and no, it's, the it's way a, they it's did a fantastic, it. Is, it's a fantastic film, and you right? can watch that so many different times and see something new every single time you watch it. It, the right like stuff like that, I don't know about you. I, I when you watch it, you think, "Wow, this makes so." This is a. Ma- How did someone sit down and, and just begin to write yeah. that? Like, where do you start with something like, like that? Because it's such a fantastic story, mm. and obviously, like, and I, what a, con- a fantastic concept. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. If someone like analysed it, there'll be little things here and there that don't make sense. But the idea is is amazing, second to none, and I, it, it's hard. I, I just don't. Just, I suppose it's just experience and just being able to. Well, it's try knowing and... story structure so well. Yeah, which well, is a big thing. That's why you know a lot of, a lot of films kind of annoy me. Um, it's always the ending you expect. Yeah. And I feel like, you can with theatre again, you can have a sad ending, but a sad ending that is hopeful for the future in a weird way, mm. or like. You can have you can have a whole play and it can end in a sour, a sour note for a couple it's of ca- subverting expectations. Yeah, Is that the right. I suppose, but it's just you I, don't. I do love. I love a film that ends and you're like, oh, 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 oh. yeah, when it twists and turns. Yeah, and like, I, oh, I love a good. Twist. That's why I like good a good like thriller film. But I know I know it sounds really silly, but like even like superhero films, obviously they're they they are mainstream films made for the the mass market. But even like you get some like very. Um, strong messages come out. I, I, well, it can come across as good, cringy or corny. Yeah, but it's the classic good, good versus evil, and that's been the same since the Greek gods and the stories of the Greek gods. It's always yeah. good versus evil, and that's a, that's that's always going to be a classic tale. <laughs> 
I'm looking for the best creative mind to produce the next theatre spectacle. Sixteen candidates from across the country make their way to London in hopes to join Sir Francis Fawcett's theatre empire. I'm looking for class, not clowns. All with the chance to win £250,000 and help co-produce Sir Fawcett's next big theatre project. Look, I don't care where you trained, whether it was an accredited drama school or a church hall in swaddling coat. None of that matters now. All I'm bothered about is whether or not you can sell me tickets. Sir Fawcett has built a theatre powerhouse worth over three million pounds and is now on the hunt for his next creative partner. A stage adaptation of Humpty Dumpty in the round. I tell you what, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put this mess back together again. Will they have what it takes to work as a team to go above and beyond Sir Fawcett's high expectations? Brian, just take your clothes off. No, I don't want to get naked on stage. Look, to win these tasks, you've got to take creative risks. I, I don't know. I don't even see what this is going to accomplish. Like, it's not even in the script. Being pushed to their creative limit with tasks involving acting, directing, writing and devising, who will come out on top as Sir Francis Fawcett's next theatre mogul? A play performed underwater? That's totally barbaric, Jason. How does one begin to plan that? Six weeks. I'm the director on this process, Liam, so why don't you do us all a favour and start taking some direction? I don't take direction. Six tasks. It's simple bloody stagecraft and you can't even do it. Sixteen candidates. Oh, Neil, what is that monstrosity? One winner. You're cut. You're cut. I've seen better story arcs in productions of Punch and Judy on Blackpool Beach. And for that reason, you're cut. Do you think that cinema is going to be taken over by like the streaming services and Netflix and well Netflix is amazing because well put, put blockbusters out of business yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so. rest in peace blockbuster right, yeah I used to absolutely right. love blockbuster I've just become far too picky like yeah like it's really bad there's almost too to, much I, option yeah I have it. too it's much choice so I'm just like I, I become way way too picky whereas I mean, you had to be picky when you were at Blockbusters, but like you, you just picked one film, and that was the one film that you were going to watch. And I know you had the same selection, but I, I don't know what it is that what, what it is that's so different about Netflix, I, it's, because it's all just there. On like, I, I just don't care about it as much. From 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 our perspective, it's good because there is so much work. There's so yeah. many different uh, TV it's and film so and stuff. There's, there's so many more jobs. But, but for a they're only taking the, the thing is is that they're only going to take the limelight off normal live TV. I mean, obviously you do get very good uh, TV dramas on yeah. Sky or on BBC or on uh, ITV Channel Four and stuff. Mm. But watching live TV is something that's kind of rarer. Yeah. Because people people know they can do what they want during the day, not have to know that they're gonna have to be sat down at six p.m. with a drink in hand, and then you know can't pause it. You know, that's a thing in the past now. Mm. You could literally be like, okay, oh, I didn't, I didn't watch Coronation Street uh, well, the last four. Let's just, I'll just go on my laptop and just yeah. stream through them. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference because the, the 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 people in it, the actors in it, are still doing the same amount of work. Yeah, but it's just. It's, but no, so I'm not necessarily talking about from an acting perspective. I'm talking yeah, more, more from, as a viewer and, and, and I I don't a consumer. Think, I don't. I, think, I've just I've lost I've lost the care I used to have for films, and I, that sounds really horrible, but. Like I think back to when I first saw Toy Story, for instance, or or Finding Nemo, as a kid, 
because like I didn't have everything right at the palm of my hand. Going to see those films was such a big part of my life because it was so rare that I got to go to the cinema and watch a film or it was rare that I get a DVD to watch. And when you did, you made you made a thing about it. And I think that's what resonated with me with watching films was because it was such an event. Um, whereas now, because it, because it is so easy, you just put them on willy-nilly. There's, so, there's many times I put a film on and just... I've stopped watching halfway through because I've been on my phone. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. fine, it's on Netflix, I'll probably watch it later. But I feel like it's... The the cinema is is, is an experience in itself. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you can watch... You could watch, like, talk about Inception, right? You could watch Inception on your TV at home, yeah. on Netflix. But watching that in the IMAX... And paying the 12 quid yeah. to go see it. Second to none. And I, 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 this is why I don't think... To answer your question, I don't think cinema will, will die. But the, the problem is, yes, things the, are more accessible. The, the new writing in 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 cinemas, it's, it's it's just not advertised anymore. Like you, you get like the Marvel films, but I don't I I love the Marvel films. Don't get me wrong, but I I feel like that's all I see advertised anymore is these franchise films that follow the same pattern and all this new writing that's coming out. I just I just don't see. I'm not I've still not I've not gone to the cinema and seen a bit of new film or new cinema. For years, I've not been to the cinema for years. In all honesty, but I've not seen a piece of. What do you new... mean by like new writing? As in, like you watch mainly like franchise stuff. Yeah, but like I mean, all that you tend to see in the cinema now are sequels, or comic book adaptations, or a franchise that is. is... So yeah, sequels or. The Marvel, I think it, the, it, de- the it depends on the th- it depends on the theater though, like it really depends on the because. Certain art house films will only be released to like certain cinemas, like special cinemas, because they why know. Why is that, that? Why is that? Why are they not advertised everywhere? Money, like you have it's to. It's such a shame. It's it's a shame, but you know. You shouldn't have you, to like search you, or seek but out. The cin- these but films. the cinema is going to make more money if they have a franchise, and like, and that's why streaming services allow films that might not be shown yeah. in the cinema to be streamed. So that's, so yeah, a, positive. that's a positive. That is a positive. And the, the <clears> smaller <throat> films that might be amazing and not your Spider-Mans, your Batmans, your Marvel, whatever, yeah. they're still going to be at the cinema, but they won't be at maybe, you know, your centre cine world in the centre of, I don't know, Manchester yeah. or whatever. It's just weird. I don't know why it is that I haven't been to the cinema in a while. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and I just... I, I, I still love it. Like oh, if, I love, if, this. If, I love if the cinema. If there's a film that I really want to see, yeah. I love... I just literally love sitting down and if I'm feeling really, really, like, happy oh. or, like, <laughs> I don't know, or silly... Get a Fanta I'll get, I'll get a, one of those big push nacho yeah, things, yeah, yeah. even though it costs about 12 quid. <laughs> there's, my uncle lives in Australia and there's cinemas there where you can order, like, a meal to your seat during a film. Amazing. Madness. Yeah, like, there's um they they do they do exist in the UK as well, really? but again they're specialist private theatres yeah, yeah. where you you pay like fifteen twenty good. What's the thing like you you, you theatres now at cinemas, they've got like the IMAX and then they've got these four D experiences where they they blow water and, and wind at you. What why do why do they feel like they need to make films like this intense like? It's are people not attracted to the cinema anymore? Is it? Is it? Is is that it? Or are they just trying to make it's it? It's just. It's no. It, it's just progression. It's just progression and new types of entertainment. Like it's you, 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 though, you, you could say it's about anything though. Like look at music. But I do agree that I, I think the four D thing is a lot of rubbish. It's just gimmicky. There's so many things that are just so gimmicky. That's not. That will never be mainstream though. Yeah, well, because of course it won't. 
I mean, but I don't think three D ever became mainstream because it was crap. I've always used this. Like but at the time, that was like revolutionary. All I had to, do, all I was doing was wiping my um, the goggles or glasses, <laughs> whatever they were, like every five minutes, yeah. and it looked blurry. And maybe that's because I needed to get my eyes tested. But I just it felt it was a bit nauseous. Yeah, I just. Whoa. It wasn't because it wasn't it wasn't three D in the way that you think three D. Like yes, certain films made things smell. It's, it's But it was like it was like depth perception. Because it it's pointless, because it just took away from the story, and that's exactly what yeah, you're constantly like. We were saying wearing these glasses, thing. and it's just it just takes you out of it. It doesn't. It was supposed to immerse you more, but I thought I thought that it it did the opposite of that. So, do you think there's a future in cinema? <laughs> I think it's going to obviously obviously there's going to be a future always, in film, but always, cinema going. See, that's a tricky one because I think eventually everyone's going to have not to the same scale but home cinema systems like already now people have home cinema systems and they don't need to go to the cinema to get the same experience like tvs are getting bigger that's just that's how it's going to be like samsung's just unveiled a new tv called the wall because it's just like a, it's like <laughs> a 125 inch tv that is the size of a wall like people eventually like people aren't going to need to go to the cinema it's all going to go well, straight to these streaming services. Theatre then. Theatre is always going to be theatre. Always going to be theatre. Well, I hope there's always going to be theatre. Because, you know, that's a medium you can't get at home unless you film it. Well, I was going to say, which, which is great. That now, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a good initiative when people film like mm. NT Live and stuff. Fantastic. Mm. Um, but yeah, in a, on a positive note, if, if, if that's the way you think cinema is going, where you can access that in your house, you, you know theatre is always going to be there you can't unless it's like a, some promenade thing or whatever well, it's thing or site specific it's, it's, these, it's these big franchises that are keeping the cinema what it is like these big new Marvel films that come out they're selling out cinemas like people want to go to the midnight release for these films because they are so people like follow them so so closely but when was the last time you heard about just an original piece of writing selling out or do you know what I mean I've never seen a packed out cinema for Oh, an original, like an original screenplay. An original screenplay. You just don't see it. Like, whereas back in the day, eventually, a new, a new though, film they do would get come out. out, though. Like, eventually they do. Like, in the sense that if a film gets a really good review, then people, but, but you're right. Yeah. But this is, like, I guess this that, is how that, films work. This is how, guess, how it all works, yeah. though. Like, yeah. you're going to have, you're going to have superhero films that gross a billion or also good films. Mm. You're going to have really bad films that also gross a billion. Yeah. That are just terrible films. That's just the way it is. To kind of end on a positive is that theatre, as far as I'm concerned, will never die. Mm. It will always be a medium for humans to express themselves and to entertain. It goes back down to the basic storytelling. Storytelling. We long for a good story and I don't think that's ever going to change. And that's why cinema, whether it's still in the same way that it is now or it's going to change something completely different, there will always be a place for films and for theatre because we long for that connection to characters yeah. and storytelling and I think it's important that we acknowledge what we like as well and because I think that 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 informs your own acting style because if you know what you like then you know what you're you want to aim towards and, and mm. what you want to get out of acting so yeah appreciate theatre appreciate films Bang on the head. That's the one. That's the takeaway. Thank you for listening to episode number three. We hope you enjoyed it. If you really enjoyed it, go and give us a follow on Twitter at Interval Podcast and check out our Facebook page. 
Now, Andy, what is the topic for episode number four? The topic for episode number four is starting a theatre company. Thank you.